So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. This episode is all about 1996, which its official name is Halloween Horror Night 6, Journey into Fear. My name is Matt, and joining me once again is my good friend, Quint. Hello. And names aside, we've now entered the, I guess you'd say, realm or years of the subtitles, and we are now in to Journey into Fear. As the subtitle, I could not think of the word I was looking. For. I was actually <laughs> that whole sentence was like that word has got to come to me sometime during the sentence, and it didn't until after I said everything. It's subtitle, catchphrase, whatever. Catchphrase, like. yep, yep. Marketing phrase and red phrase. It's yep, all all the yeah. same. All use that now. As far as we went on and on and on about the icon era last year, and yep. there's no how I don't want to say this. The, the is there an icon this year? Yes and no. The icon, if you want to call him that, is not used in the marketing. This whole journey into fear concept is what is used. However, the Crypt Keeper is present again, much like, almost exactly like he was last year. He's got a house and he's got an event. It's not the same event, but he's got two things. So he is the most prolific character in this event. So even though he's not used as an advertising and marketing icon, he's still kind of the face or at least the most common represent or the representative of the event might be a better idea. So we're not quite into the icon error yet, but we're working towards it again. We're in the new territory. Universal Halloween Horror Nights is in the new territory. Things are still getting worked out, but this is where we are right now. As far as 1996 goes. Yep. And for the first time ever in six episodes, I guess in five episodes, Six with zero. I have in my hands. It's a real one. It's not a repo. I have a Halloween Horror Night Six event guide in front of me. Ooh, cool. Yep. I did not get at the event because, as I've said many times, I've been 1999 was my first one. But I do like to collect these, and I've been collecting them since I've been going. And when I can find one, I don't have on eBay. I get it if it's a reasonable price. Some of them go for entirely too much for a. A printed brochure but they become they're they're fairly rare so but this one was reasonable got it a little while ago have it open and it's it is the oldest piece of halloween horror nights merchandise or i guess it's not even merchandise of memorabilia i have very cool and i'm putting it down away from my beer because i just i had a division of my beard knocking over onto this and me crying <laughs> but i will be referring to it throughout the evening oh, oh man i would love to hear you cry uh, on a podcast no not at all not on this, not for this one. As I, don't, yeah. I have serious doubts I'll ever find one of these again. Yeah. So the dates for this year, 15 nights this time, and it starts at the 11th of October. So we're starting to get on to the entire month of October, which is what you and I are more used to. In fact, it started 
it's September this year, and it's been September a few years that we've gone. Yeah. But we're definitely used to it being running in the entire month of October. Mm-hmm. So October 11th and 12th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 30th, and 31st, and over to the 1st and 2nd of November again. So the curious thing in this schedule to me is why not run the 29th? That is a damn good question. I I, I don't know why. Because, uh, you know, it's like we've got the 23rd to the 28th, you got the 30th and the 31st. Like, it's one more day of cash for you. I, bizarre. The only theory I could come up with, and I want to emphasize this as theory, is that when they did the week-long thing last year, they found that they were not, and maybe they found they were not able to upkeep everything and needed a day between that to get things where they needed to be for the event. Uh, that's, that is plausible and reasonable. That's my only theory. Reasonable theory. My, yeah, that, my non- that's actually totally reasonable because, you know, you and I know, and I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the crowds now are bigger than the crowds oh, were, yeah, but even yeah. then, even then, you know how much footpath, foot traffic goes through these things, and that's very plausible. Yeah. So that's, that's my guess. I don't know. Uh, reported hours, 7 p.m. to midnight. Uh, gate admission, night of the event, 38.50, so still going up. But we're at a regular, fairly regular climb now. It didn't have quite the jump we had from 3 to 4. No. This is, and this is like, this is at least following inflation. Yeah. Yes. Closer to it. I still think it's a little higher. Yeah, a little higher, but it's still at least reasonable. Yeah. Uh, something I talked about either last episode or the episode before. Not only is there a Florida residence discount, but now they included Georgia residents in the discount. Oh, oh right. So Georgia got the same discount as Florida did at gate price of thirty three fifty, uh, advanced purchase price of twenty eight fifty. So that's actually a little. That might be a little higher than the advanced ticket. I didn't do the advanced ticket last time, so I'm not sure. I bet you it probably falls all in the same the same uh, percentage. The, mm-hmm. Their partner this year, they're back to Pepsi, and the Pepsi deal got you all the way down to twenty three fifty, which is still pretty good. But now it's getting it's that's the highest we've seen with all the discounts you could possibly get. Mm-hmm. But still, just I mean, <laughs> I, I say that, but if I could get into anything Halloween Hard Nights related for twenty three fifty now, forget it. I'd like buy the tickets out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I did talk about the icon. There was no, uh, there's no, he's not the Crypt Keeper, but he's not the official icon. So the event cover this year is, does not have the Crypt Keeper, but it does have, uh, describe it best I can. I should probably put it on Facebook to follow up this episode, but it's, it seems like a claw. T- it seems like the, uh, Cover is supposed to be a red cover, and there's a claw tearing through it because you see the torn paper. It's a reptilian claw. It's almost like a. I look at it and think of kind of a raptor claw. But I, yeah, I was just going to say it's raptor, like like it's yeah. bird of prey, not not actual dinosaur. Right. Yes. To me, yep. this this looks like a bird. Right. Not the claws look like bird claws, not not reptilian claws. Yes, that's what I picture it as well. And then the eyes are kind of reptilian as well they don't have the circle pupil they kind of have the not even quite the diamond pupil because they're kind of claw like too they match the the arc of it's a the, claw yeah it's the slit pupil that yes. cats have yes right? right yeah just a little different a little sharper yeah and you know it's 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 clearly some demon beast type yep. thing in the that's got a nasty set of claws so it's not a bird it's not a reptile it's a hybrid 
thing a doohickey. Yeah, I mean, truth be told, it is uh it's actually it's scary. it's scary, but it's also like maybe one of the le- least elaborate graphics we've had so far because yeah. of all the black space. Oh, but now that I'm seeing it a little bit bigger, there is scales above the eye. Yes, there is. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm actually looking at the brochure on my hand and there is a there's that and there's a little more detail around the eyes and is coming up on this scan on the yeah. website. And uh, oh, and interestingly enough, okay, I said about the times about seven to twelve. My brochure is for the eleventh and twelfth, which I think is a Friday and Saturday, and it's open till one those nights. So we do have floating uh-huh. closing times this year. Okay. So if you open this up too, if you want a real good look at the eyes, in fact, oh, you know what? There's a skin on the site. I have both open, but I open it up, and the eyes are at the top of the the uh, fold out. Yeah, the 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 site does have a a larger scan you can click through, and it's it's got a lot of detail yeah, around. The, the eyes actually have a lot more detail on the foldout than on the front, and they're they're yellow and menacing, yep. and and they've got a little bit of the jaundiced yeah. reddish sort of <laughs> right, thing yep. going on too. Yep. Like it's it's it looks simple until you start looking at the de- the subtle details, and yeah. it's, it's actually really really well done. Yeah, yeah, this is like the most I've looked at. I this is the it's only the second time I've ever taken this brochure out of the uh, display I have here, and I'm very gingerly touching it. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> That's a clip someone at News is going to take and do something wrong with. I already did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, but um, yeah, you're right. Once once you open it, the the eyes are wow. You can even see like the little black cracks coming. Yeah, that's what I was looking at when I said that. Yeah, fang-like pupils. That's that's pretty cool. Now the brochure gives a very interesting promise that I'm not going to say it doesn't deliver on. It's just it's it's an interesting way to put it. It says all new terror. And while that's true, I mean obviously everything here is new. We kind of got some of the same. We have we have a lot of new we have and we have a couple of things that return. So let me uh, let me explain what I'm saying here. I'm not arguing it. I don't want to call call anything out on this. I'm just saying this is my wh- where this this statement is coming from. So we have no returning houses this year. The, we have three and they're all new. It's nothing we've ever seen before. There is a Bill and Ted show which we've seen, but of course that's different every year. So that counts as well. Now, the thing that I say is not necessarily all true. It's the Midway of the Bazaar returns. But as we just discussed last episode, even though they may use the name over again, they always improve it and make it better. So wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just call you out here and completely disagree with you on this one. I've seen a couple of the Midway of the Bazaar. Yeah. And they are as different as the Bill and Ted shows are. That's what I'm saying. I was getting to that. Yeah. I'm saying even though so, it's the same oh. in name. Oh, it's I was still just going to say, if, yeah, if you're giving Bill and Ted a pass, you got to give Midway a pass. No, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying the Midway of the Bazaar. So you still have your carnival-themed scare zone, but I'm sure if you put them up side by side, they're not the same thing. So right. I guess, I mean, I made more of a deal, big deal of it than I should have, but it just was something to, I guess, talk about. Such a drama queen. I know, I, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. What? I just read a detail I hope we get into. Okay. <laughs> Actually, wait. Okay, no, there's three houses. Okay, I thought there was four. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Let me go through what we have. We'll get into details. As far as the houses goes, we have the Crypt, Keeper, Crypt Keeper's Studio Tour of Terror. We have Toy Hell, Nightmare in the Scream Factory, and Universal's new House of Horrors. Shows, Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, Tricks, Treats, and Trances, Welcome to My Nightmare, 
and the Crypt Keepers Festival of the Dead Parade. Scare Zones, just really the one is the Midway of the Bazaar again. Yeah. And, um, I mean, some people kind of call the parade route a scare zone, but I, I, I mean, I, that's a, I don't know. That's, I don't even know if that's a matter of semantics or opinion or what, but I mean, a, a parade zone and a scare zone are two different things because the parade zone is constantly moving, whereas a scare zone, we yeah. just discussed two episodes ago what a scare zone is. Yeah. No, I, I would not, I wouldn't even, put the parade at all as part of the, the scare zones the parade is definitely a show and it's one you know it's to me it's more like the um the drum show that we saw and yeah, right yeah you know that kind of stuff right that's much more of what the parade was yeah yeah exactly yeah. that's so we're on the same page okay um now what was that is all the offerings what detail were you hoping we get into and i'll see if i got it well this is the parade actually oh, okay because um this is the first time i've actually seen or heard of this this type of type of deal like a parade right okay uh, yep. that sounds pretty cool do you have any details on i it? do i actually Good. let's just start right there then since he brought that up so the crypt keeper this is where his one of his big returns is he is the grand marshal so we'll see he is like the final float of the parade he it, the parade Got is it. named after him as i just said crypt keeper special the dead parade this features floats that are inspired by Halloween Horror Nights, and there's characters on the floats. They march between them. Uh, it's led. This is awesome. I know you're going to love this fact. It's led by the Chainsaw Drill Team. <laughs> of course. Yep. Yes. And and that was... So I was scared because they don't have the horror wood mm-hmm. anymore in this particular uh, year. And so I'm like, well, what about the drill team? Where are they? Yeah, there you go. This is great. No, they're 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 there. One thing uh, that we have not talked much about, if at all, in fact, we might not have talked about it at all, is that they have stilt walkers characters in between floats. Ah, oh, I that, is this where the tradition started? I think it may have. I don't know for sure, but I think it may have. And stilt walkers characters are some of my favorites. They have an impressive array of people that do miraculous things on still not i uh, can't argue not to get ahead of ourselves although we do once in a while just to quantify what we're saying that uh masquerade they did last year with those women in those big hoop dresses the way they were twisting and turning in those dresses is like wow how are you on your feet yeah like why are you not flat on your back or flat on your face? Yep. Well, flat on their back, I wouldn't mind it, but you know. Uh, the one I saw in particular a picture of was a Minotaur Stillwalker, and he had the giant Ooh. Minotaur head, bare chested, and then like the furry the 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 furred legs down to cover his stilts. And I was like, not only is this the first Stillwalker I saw in 1996, but he has probably got a field of vision that is so narrow. That this is this is this might be a case of the first stilt walker, and we're starting to learn what we should and shouldn't do, possibly. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a parade, it's a little different. You know, as long as this field division has the people that are supposed to be yes, in front of it, that's true. There, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's a little different. He's not interacting, and you know, like these girls were swirling yeah. through the c- crowds. It was insane. Uh Yeah. But that's that's cool because. Yeah. That's always a, a highlight we look for, at least I look for every year when I go. Is like, you know, where are the stilt walkers and what are they doing this year and all that stuff. Uh, one of the big floats. Uh, this is a they're they're tying in the park. It was a a, a float of a woman tied to a, a sacrifice set of stakes, which was 
I mean, you look at it and you see King Kong. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see Fay Ray, you see Jessica Tandy from both those uh-huh. movies at the time. As that is definitely what that is, but it's darker. It's a little creepier, a little bloodier. Uh, the really cool, cool, cool thing about this is I saw there's a short video. There's like a compilation video in 1996 on YouTube, which I'll I'll link to in the show notes. They show a good portion of the parade. There's music playing during the parade, and there's coordinated rooftop fire blasts along the parade route that go with the music. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would have been so cool. So this is just not something they're trying one year. They're like trying and going for broke. It's It almost sounds like it's almost like the Dungeon of Terror version of the parade. It's like, let's throw everything we can think of at it, pull off as much as we can, and then go work backwards from that. Yeah. So um, did the parade run like continuously through the park or was it like timed events or how did that work? All right. I have the uh, the parade. I, I'm very familiar with this parade route because it is basically what it it is now. And it starts, it comes out of the back gate next to the, uh, at the time it was like the gruesome, gory Hollywood makeup show. It's, it's a horror makeup show now. Mm-hmm. And then it ends over by what was between Jaws and Terminator, like the Hollywood Boulevard board barrier, yeah. but now it's Diagon Alley. There's a yeah, there's a big fence there. It's it's I call it the uh, Hogwarts Express Gate because you can see the Hogwarts Express actually on the track at that gate now. So you've probably seen it yep. when it was being built. So that's yep. that's the same route, same route Mardi Gras takes. It's the same route. I think they're they have a daytime parade now. I think it's the same exact route. It's a route they've been using for years and years and years. So not quite the whole okay. park. You kind of have to be either at the front of it on Hollywood Boulevard or over by Amity, which is now Diagon Alley areas to see it. If you're mm-hmm. over by Back to the Future, the kids area, or what the time was a Bates Motel, you, you didn't see anything. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the, the parade route now too. Oh, okay. And it and- looks like they had a... Uh- you did a great job describing oh, thank you. it. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> looks like they had three three shows of it uh eight and eleven fifteen every night and on and on late nights like this 10 o'clock as well so it looks like they had at, at least two three if you're on the right night oh yeah i see it uh yeah 8 15 11 30 and 10 15 p.m something like yep. that yeah so the uh other floats they had some cool they had some damn cool floats uh one was a modern for the time I mean, now we got a different vampire. They sparkle and shit like that. I'm not going to talk about that. But at the time, like, Fuck a, you. I know, right? Vampires don't. No, sparkle. they don't. I agree. A modern vampire. We're talking like interview of the vampire Lestat type vampire based uh, nice. float. And they threw out the blooms. And I've tried uh-huh. to get these on eBay. They always go for a little more than I want to pay. But there's a lot of them. These seem to survive more than brochures. One day I will have a Halloween Horror Night 6, the bloom from the parade. I will have it. What are these blooms? The bloom, the bloom, like little plastic coins. Oh, doubloon. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I heard. Just I know, right? Yeah, I'm I sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they're just plastic molded coins, and then they're, they have like that. Uh, that. Uh, oh, what is the? I can't think of the process. Where they put like a metallic coating on it, and and it's yeah. yeah but but it's, they're they're yeah. plastic and and metal epoxy coated or whatever. I will have one. Yep. I will have one. I don't yet, but I will. <laughs> cool. Uh, between that float and the next float were skeleton stilt walkers, and these were cool because they were wearing all black, and then they'd have like the white skeletal features on them yeah. down their legs, and they would have extensions on their arms that were almost like puppeteer arms, so that their proportions would match. So they were like gi- they look oh, like God. giant skeletons. 
Oh, God, that's so cool. Yep. <laughs> uh, next float in the parade was a Creole Bayou Voodoo float, which is a theme that we have seen several times and is always effective because yep. it's just that whole, uh, I don't even know if you want to call it mythos, but the whole culture of that is exactly. really works with Halloween. Oh, yeah. The the whole voodoo culture and the Creole culture from, from Florida works like you said, works well with Halloween and it's just, it always has had that mysterious kind of vibe to it. And then if you just kind of tweak a little few little things and turn it into that, it gets really yeah. creepy. <laughs> uh, between that float and the next float is definitely, I can't pinpoint which ones are supposed to be or even that are supposed to be, but they are definitely Hellraiser Cinnobite in- inspired still walkers. Oh, cool. Because they're just the front of their, their tops. I, I The best I could say, the tops are, I mean, all the Cinnabots wore them. Hellraiser himself, wore, Pinhead wore them. You know, you see it and look at it and go, Hellraiser. And does Universal own Hellraiser? Nope. Not that I know of, at least I should say. But they have partnered with Clive Barker in Hollywood. Okay. So they might so- have gotten all this taken care of prior to making those costumes. Yeah, um, that's interesting. That's that's really cool. Uh, before we see the Crypt Keeper in the Grand Marshal float, we see a giant zombie-themed uh, float, and they were throwing beads, like Mardi Gras beads. So you had these doubloons and beads you could walk away with if you watched the parade. Okay. So after that, then finally was the Crypt Keeper. He was like, if I remember correctly, I didn't note it, but I think I remember. I have a pretty big visual in my head. He was like sitting in his director's chair like he had in the uh, the first movie may have been out here. There's two Tales from the Crypt movies, and he started both sitting in a director's chair with the old timey uh, like megaphone that you'd speak through that wasn't electronic. <laughs> I think it. he was sitting on like a, a chair like that in this last float. So very, very cool thing I have never, ever seen and I think, unfortunately, I never will see it because at the same event where I saw uh, a lot of the Halloween Horror Nights art and design team, including Mike Aiello, who heads all this, the question was asked what happened to the parade. And he he was honest and and sensible. He said, it's, w- this is getting bigger and bigger every year, more and more people. It is very difficult and not logistically makes doesn't make much logistic sense to shut down the streets to do this anymore. Yeah. So I don't that, think we're going to see this this year. You know, and and honestly, with the the amount of people that we see there, uh, shutting down those streets for that much time is just, it's going to be really, t- would be really tough. Yep. I get it. I do too. I do too. So which, which is just one of those things where it's like, this now is the show or the event. I would even call this my house if for our, for our time machine. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're you know, right. That's a- to, to see the first parade would be freaking cool. Yeah. That's a, you know? that's, I can't argue that that's definitely in the show. I will say that now houses. I we're about to get to, but uh, yeah, I would definitely say that'd be my show. Because yeah. this is something we'll never see. I don't think we'll ever see again just, just because not, of how many people. You can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, yeah. there was, um, again, just, just to give a little bit of foreshadowing to future uh, events, there was a thing that is one of my favorite all-time things, and they had decorated motorcycles that would zip up and down the street. Even those are going to be very difficult to ever do again because of the amount of people. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll see this again. I mean, there's always Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras is fun. I go to Mardi Gras at least 
once a year to see the parade, sometimes the concerts if they have a good show. So that's that's good enough. I mean Oh come on, you've you've gone to bad shows too, admit Yeah, well Olivia, okay. Olivia Newton John, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. That was that was one of those shows where she did her first three hits first. I'm like, okay, we can go now. I'm done. Let's just go. I'm done. So I just did a quick look up. Um New World Pictures produced all of the uh, Hellraiser stuff, and they were bought by Fox at one point. So that's probably where the tie-in for Halloween Horror Nights comes okay. from. Okay, I could see that. Yep, because they've partnered with Fox for advertising and different other events. And uh, exactly, in fact, they, so I think they got Terminator from Fox, if I'm not mistaken. So I think so too. Yeah. So so they've they've definitely worked with Fox on licensing stuff before. So that's probably where this okay. came from. Cool. Nice job. I'm not doing anymore. You keep going. Uh, shit, man. I got to be useful <laughs> once in a while. <sighs> shit. So that's the parade. So I'm glad that is what caught your eye and I had good detail on it. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds, I mean, I can't. The, the, right now, even for houses, this is my top thing I want to go. <laughs> nice, right? The time machine yep. for, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to shows here. Shows. Welcome to my nightmare. I mean, who does not think of that and think Alice Cooper? Exactly. And it's not necessarily Alice Cooper himself, but it is a rock music show with celebrity impersonators. And it's in the Hollywood sure. section of the park. They put up the temp stage. So instead of, it seems like instead of getting a band, they've abandoned these specific bands, which is, I mean, that's perfectly understood. That's actually a good thing. That means you can yeah. carry yourself on your own original concept and ideas and not have to have a celebrity to draw people at this point. And not, not only that, you can spend the money to, you know, the shows and the, the houses and all that stuff and you're not paying you know these bands big bucks to come and perform for for all of these nights so i i think that's great and you know i think this is also a good thing for the orlando community because they're going to call in you know local bands or local cover bands to do stuff so that just just promotes (laughs) all the music there too so it's great you say that i have to tell this story and for anyone listening, I hope you find this entertaining. It's totally not Halloween Horror Nights related, but it's a great story, I think. Okay. Fourth of July. Like, oh, my God. We're talking like five years ago now. Fourth of July, a town here called Celebration. It's Disney's town. I'll get that out there. I don't want to talk too much about them, but it is. They had a big Fourth of July celebration, fireworks, food. Sam Adams sponsored it, so, I, of course, I'm there. They, <laughs> we went to see a band. It's called Caddyshack. They're an 80s cover band, and they are phenomenal. It's a girl it's a female singer, and she sings everything. Voice of an angel. She can sing anything 80s, and it's awesome. Awesome. Her opening act was Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> so, yes, Flock of Seagulls opened act. There was an opening act for a local band. <laughs> oh, that's totally cool. <laughs> yep. That's really, really so cool. So, it's like, okay. It's like we wandered up to the stage, like right when he sang, I ran. And like, get off the stage. Like, Caddyshack, get up there. Cool. So maybe she, they weren't technically the opening act, but that's how I considered it. So <laughs> yeah, no, and and you know I because you know through you and your wife I've been introduced to some of these people and I know some of yep, the folks yep. that are that are really trying to make it in Orlando scene. It's great that they're doing this, yeah, right, yep, and it's great that they can stand on their own two feet and do this. Yeah, yeah it is. Yep. Uh, next show, Tricks, Treats, and Trances. This is a comedic Halloween-themed hypnotist show. It was on the Animal Actor stage. I will just say it. Hypnotist shows are uh, not my thing. Unless it's Ravine. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, come on, where is it? <laughs> well, I but I like hypnotist shows. Oh, you do? I know, okay, well, that's I know, interesting. I, I didn't well, expect I that from you. Well, I go into them knowing they're cheesy as fuck and all this stuff, but hip, hypnosis has always kind of fascinated me. So using it in entertainment, even if it's fake as fuck or whatever, I don't care. It's just, I don't know. Some For some reason, it makes me chuckle. If the guy's a good comedian, if he's a funny guy, and hypnotism just happens to be his catalyst to do his show, it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Because he, and, he, he, but he could be doing any... Best, oh, go ahead. The best ones for me are the ones that take it really seriously. Yeah, okay. So. Like, they're, they're, like, they're a really serious yeah. hypnotist, and they're taking this really, really seriously, and that makes me laugh even more than anything else, because <laughs> these guys... I know how full of shit these guys are, and... For them to take it so seriously, it's like, oh my god, this is awesome! I love it. Okay, that's well. I that's, don't know. It's just it suffice it to say, this is not not the one I'm using the time machine to come back and see. Oh, me neither. <laughs> but but maybe, although it would probably be the parade, maybe the one I'd be coming back to see is Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, which I have okay. details. Finally, 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 finally. Cool. So here we go. This starts off with a Mission Impossible opening. Okay. It's where the tape will play and explain that Bill and Ted in their phone booth have been kidnapped. With the time element, the case is referred to as an X-File, and this tape will self-destruct in 30 seconds, which it does. After it does, Moeller and Scully appear on stage. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? That's You know what's fu- ironic about that is that had we done this show this time last year, we'd be like, Mulder and Scully, who thought of them? But now they're making another movie, so or a series, mm-hmm. I think. Aren't they doing a Netflix series? Yeah, they're doing a Netflix So now series. it's relevant again. Sort of. It, well, <laughs> sort of, exactly. 19 years later. Sorry, I'm not, I was never big into the X-Files. I liked their first few seasons. I hated them. I've not been big into it, but I know at least who they are, so I at least could, yeah. could envision yeah. this show. So yeah, of course. They, they arrive on stage. They're searching for Bill and Ted in the phone booth. So as they're searching, the phone booth suddenly appears in a cloud of sp- sprayed smoke, as we've all seen. Bill and Ted come out on the stage, but they're not alone. They also walk out with the cigarette-smoking man and his henchmen. So what Okay. What had happened was that they were kidnapped by the cigarette-smoking man on their way to a 70s-era Kiss concert, <laughs> which I love that detail. I was like, okay, That's Bill and awesome. Ted would do that. I'm not sure I would, but they would. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That would be freaking awesome. I probably awesome. would. I probably would. I, I would, yeah. I'd be banging my head with all the 70s folks. <laughs> so, uh, they, Bill and Ted, I'm sorry. So, Bill and Ted, they need help, as usual. Now, now I'm just going to say this. We are in the formula that you and I know of the show, and I think the show is at this formula for the rest of its life, with a few yeah. exceptions here and there. Help arrives, and this is in the form. First form is of Ethan Hunt dropping from the ceiling from Mission Impossible. So I'm guessing Mission oh. Impossible must have been out in '96, and I don't remember it. I guess I saw it. I just don't yeah, remember. You know it. what? You know what makes me feel really good is that if Mission Impossible was out back then, Tom Cruise is older than I am, and he's really old. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, next person to help from the state come from the side of the stage is the Terminator, and there's a reason for that, which we'll get into here in a little while. The Crow and Snake Plissken. So, Shit. Escape from L.A. must have been out this year. 
Yeah. So, which way underrated movie? I love. I love Escape from L.A. Is, uh, I mean, when you surf into L.A. to, I mean, it's just come do, on. Do you man. sneak in by surfboard. I mean, there's no better, no better <laughs> espionage uh, moment. And when you and when you jump from a surfboard <laughs> into a moving car, come on, that's just uh, Pam Greer's most underrated role. Absolutely. <laughs> She went from that to Jackie Brown. Just a little side note. Uh, So gunfighting ensues between everybody, between the cigarette-smoking man and his his unnamed henchmen, and uh, the cigarette-smoking man himself, all his his dark-cloaked henchmen die. He escapes in the phone booth. Bill pulls out the phone retrieval device and dials star 69 to bring him back to booth. Now, I'm going to say this. When I typed in star 69, I was like, "Uh, 69. I'm like, wait, holy shit. That was a thing, wasn't it? You yeah. dialed star 69 to call numbers back, didn't you? Yes. What a, yes. What a poor choice of numbers. Poor? <laughs> well, or, or, or fantastic. Comedic, or comedically <laughs> yeah, awesome. Right, yeah. So the phone booth arrives with the cigarette smoking man. Now he's got a new set of henchmen, but it's people we recognize. Number one, the T-1000. Again, a reason for that. Number two, Catwoman. Number three, and this is where Universal said, let's start just taking what we want and see what happens. Boba Fett. Wow. Okay. So more fighting ensues. You see a pattern here. Yeah. So some more help comes in, and it's Will Smith from Independence Day. Although he's not actually fighting, he's rapping his way across the stage, rapping about his latest events in his film career. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that works. Boba Fett chases Bill and Ted, and then the Sean Connery version of James Bond arrives to thwart and save the day. I don't know why. They, there must have been a Bond movie. It was probably a Pierce Brosnan. If not, maybe Timothy Dalton was still. I think it was Pierce in ninety late 90s. Don't but remember. it's funny that they picked the James, the, I mean, the Sean Connery version for that. Yeah. They, they still they took the, the current pop culture thing, but twisted it a little bit. Yep. So he saves the day. Boba Fett chases, gets chased off. They thank James Bond for his for his help, to which he replies, "Let's get ready to rock." In a, that really thick accent that we all love from Sean Connery, I'm sure. And the song and dance finale starts, and it starts off with the Stray Cats number "Rock This Town," which melds into the Olympic theme as the U.S. gymnast Carrie Shrug appears to start her routine, only to break her leg and have the Terminator carry her off. Which I loved when I read that. I was like, that is awesome. It's <laughs> oh, really good. Ethan Hunt takes over, appearing from backstage, but he's only wearing a white dress shirt and underwear and sunglasses and starts singing old-time rock and roll. Do you get that reference? Yeah. Okay. I was like, that's an old reference. I'm not sure that's, everyone will get that. Risky business. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and with a sudden change of heart, the cigarette-smoking man appears once again, but this time he's returning the phone booth with Kiss, and they sing rock and roll all night, rock and roll all night to close out the show. Awesome. <laughs> so that is Bill and Ted. <laughs> this is a this sounds like it was a good one. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I yeah, I mean this sounds exactly well, it doesn't sound exactly, but it sounds pretty close to the shows that we see every year right yeah, now. It is. It's this is a formula. I mean, we kinda heard the formula in the first one, but when I when I read these notes again getting ready this weekend i was like oh this is now we are i mean yeah oh it's formulatic yeah it's kind of it's the same shtick week year after year but god damn is it good it's so much fun here's the thing with these formulas when they work yeah 
Don't fuck. You're with right. Them. You're right. And we'll get into you know? we'll get into a case where it's fucked with at one point, and Bill and Ted are adversaries, and it's like, wow, this is not good. Mm. But that's later. That's way later on. Um. So I did want to. This is what I was going to save more towards the end, but let's get it out of the way because it came up so many times. Terminator stuff. Terminator Two mm. did not come out that year. The reason nope. this is important is that Terminator Two 3D Battle Across Time ride opened this year. Yeah, so they so. were doing some serious cross promotion. It's like, hey, <laughs> while wow. you're here, check out this ride we paid a shitload of money for. Not only that, it's it's um yeah. Once they bought the rights to it, it's like, well, let's oh, good point. Yeah, the right. Fuck, we can yeah. right. It's like we finally got rights. Let's do yep. it. Yep. So that's why all the Terminator presence in this. That's why he shows up twice in the T one thousand once because they're both big parts of the ride. Yeah. When I when I read the list of ride and attractions, I'm like. T2, that's, I think this is the first year, it is. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep, it is. And it's it's really the only addition to the rides and attractions that, that list that we read for last episode. Mm-hmm. That is right. Um, do you want to run through them quick? No, actually, we haven't done the houses yet. So oh, I'll do that at right. the end. Okay. Right. I just wanted to jump Never to mind. that because we had just talked about them. So houses. Right. Uh, yes. We had the... Cryptkeeper had his own house again this year. This time it was called the Cryptkeeper Studio Tour of Terror, and this was in the earthquake uh, queue. And this mm-hmm. was a, the description was, it was a terrorizing, blood-curdling maze of madness with a dash of horror and mystery. Okay. So that sounds pretty much like you just take all of the horror stuff, throw it into a blender, spin it around a bit, dump it out, and you have a sentence. That's what it was. By all accounts, as well, it's just a series of monsters and sometimes like homicidal maniacs chasing you and whatnot. It's it sounds like it was the blood house. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, it sounds fun. Yeah, right. No, just yep. scary fun, but nothing specifically right. spectacular. Apart from having him here and there, which I'm not even sure where he was, it doesn't sound like there's any kind of specific intellectual property. It just was probably the blood house of that year, and that's always good. Yep. You got to have yeah, it always. Yep. Uh, Toy Hell, Nightmare in the Scream Factory at Nazerman's. This was an abandoned toy factory. We've seen this quite a few times now. Uh, we've seen variations and on it's, this hit, dolls. We've seen yep. variations on it with all kinds of stuff, and it's always kind of creepy. It's hit or miss, but there's always something in there that creeps me smooth the fuck out. That's <laughs> <Yep. laughs> true. Yeah, and, and and that's exactly it. It's like sometimes it's like, like the dollhouse uh, last year, year before. I don't know. Um. It's not my thing, but there's always something or a couple of things in those houses where it's like, oh, yep. <laughs> I agree. I, you, guys yep. are, you guys are hitting things that you sh- just nerves that you shouldn't be touching. Yep. Thank you. I will never say one of those houses will be my favorite of the year, but I can tell you something in there that creeped me the hell out. I can always right. tell you that every year. So they do mm-hmm. hit that mark really well. Uh, this was, as I just said, as a man in toy factory, the, it was abandoned because the building was possessed and the toys that were left behind would come alive and kill the factory workers. And they were still there as of course we had gone through. So that was the premise of this one. Uh, third house on soundstage 23 again this year, Universal's new house of horrors. Right now, this as a pretty elaborate story. It was. Let's see. It was a wax museum that was being built, and it was struck by lightning during a freakish thunderstorm, and it brought the uh, 
wets the sculptures to life. Okay. So they had classic universal monsters. In fact, you know what? Let me double check something. Okay. Um, I don't think this is the one. There is one where it's two separate houses. This sounds like it was the it was one house with two different themes, not themes in it, but two different items. So yeah. uh, before I got ahead of myself, so there was classic Universal monsters, and then there was kind of uh, I have in quotes real life monsters, like not that were necessarily in a movie, like yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what uh, I'm getting from the descriptions here. As yes, well. so that is. That was the last house. Now I that is uh, the the whole time machine thing. We poised. This is probably still the one I would go to. But I, I do have to say, I mean, it, I'm kind of wondering what the thing in Toy Hell would freak me out. So I'm ta- I'm kind of torn between the two. Yeah, and so um, I'm actually kind of torn as well because the this whole you know again we were all, we talked last episode about the retro stuff so this kind of intrigues me just from those you know the new take on universal classic monsters mm-hmm. right which like you get a lightning strike and they come alive and what are they now right? right right um so that kind of intrigues me a lot the toy hell i'm still gonna go with this one <laughs> okay the, you know because the toy hell ones yes there's always something that creeps me out but they're almost creeping me out on a sort of like turning my stomach <laughs> way rather than like uh, I'm gonna go with this one because the toy ones are good, but this would be better. Okay, yep. I probably ultimately would go to that once faced the decision. Honestly, so that is it for the events. My other facts that don't really fit in anything. Got a couple, couple more interesting ones. Now that I'm looking at them. They did a post event survey in the Ooh. previous years, and they found that they were showing a large trend of visitors from Georgia, and that prompted this new uh discount resident discount for georgia to start pulling even more people in now whether or not that worked time will only tell uh universal they held auditions for one day for characters which is interesting which means that's that must be what they've done in the past i just had uncovered this fact now so it was on september 7th of 1996 it was 11 a.m to 3 p.m and it was the additions for the characters and the uh, ad that ran across the state said strolling characters and non-speaking roles requiring strong, patient, and energetic personalities. Looking for all heights, four foot to seven foot. Athletic ability, a plus. Some roles call for bodybuilders. <laughs> okay, that might be the Minotaur Sturtwalker. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then there was a second audition that day from three to five. And it was for animated street stars. And it said, be prepared for a short dance routine, height range 5'7 to 5'10. I'm not sure what that was. Maybe. Oh, it was the, uh, I know what it was. It was the music thing we said we didn't care about. Yeah. That was what it was. Okay. Yep. So they're, they continued their work with Fox and Doritos as well. And this year they held a contest of their own. Uh, for the now annual Halloween week that they had on Fox. And two people won a trip to Universal Studios and Halloween Hard Nights, hotel, flight, and everything. Cool. So that's a pretty good, that's a pretty big promotion. That gets oh, people's yeah. attention from across the country, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's like we've been talking about through through this whole thing. We're, we're now into, they're advertising everywhere, and they're adver- advertising to everyone. Yep. Oh, yeah, yep. 
Uh, rides and attractions. This is what we hinted at before. So list is right. largely the same, except for one big addition. Jaws, Confrontation, Back to the Future, E.T., Earthquake, Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, which still cracks me up that we say that. And, of course, Terminator 2 yeah. 3D. And Terminator 2 3D was a really good ride. Yep. Still there, actually, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, we it? haven't been on it for a while because it's like, it's yeah, it hasn't changed. So <laughs> It hasn't changed. It's it's one of those things. I went, actually, on Terminator 2 first in uh, Hollywood. Oh, okay. Universal Studios Hollywood. And it was a really good ride there, too. And they do a fantastic job. It's I like it because it's this great blend of of what you see on the screen plus the action plus the 3D aspect and all the other things that they put into it. It's like there's just it's a good show. Yeah. Uh say what you will about the age of it and the story now possibly being defunct a little bit with the Genesis coming out. The 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 uniqueness of people running in and out of the screen is something I've I still to this day have not seen and it's been 20 years. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. They do a great job with it. In fact, I did a whole episode on that on our series attraction obsession from uh, from concept to where it is today. So I I do hold hold that right in pretty high regard. I do too. So that leads into our creative question, and Ness is definitely inspired by something that m- we think started this year. We don't know, but we already discussed that. We were pretty sure it started this year, and that was the Stiltwalker characters. Uh-huh. And I posed the question to design a Stiltwalker's character. And I got one if you want me to go first. Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, I did not realize Toy Hell was in this year when I designed this one. So it's kind of apropos. It ties into a lot of things here. And I will, I'll go back to what we just said. There's always things that freak me out in these toy-based houses and doll houses or whatever you want to call them and it's usually has something to do with like oversized children like last year in the doll house of the damned they had those huge babies those kind of freaked me out if you could and i think this could actually be done you design a stilt walker for it to be a child give it the child you know the the halloween costume or whatnot but have it be a a child that towers over every adult in the scare zone that could be frightening that would be very frightening so that's my design I'm going to go with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I think that that that, that shit-eating grin on that fucking Marshmallow Man would is is so creepy to start with. Um, if you did, you know, because they've done the Ghostbusters stuff through the through the early years anyway. You do a little bit of Ghostbusters theme stuff, and you've got that fucker on stilts. Uh, it would be good. Yeah, that actually would be good. Damn. I want to change my answer. <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because Mad Max Fury Road, I could do a, I could do a stilt walker, do four years. Oh or yeah, like that. Oh. yeah, no problem. But we already said we can't use that, <laughs> right? So, damn it. But yes. So that is all I got. Again, as I say every episode, if you have anything you can share with us that we haven't touched on, please do. Contact information will play at the end of this spiel. I want to thank everyone for listening, not only to this, but the entire series and every episode we do. We'll be back with 1997, and I usually don't do this, but I'm going to do this to torture you, Quint. And I will give this little preview. When we get to Bill and Ted's, the new, or the, I should say, the title for Bill and Ted. In 1997, is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Final Frontier. Oh, you fucker. (laughs) So, find out what we mean about that on our next episode when we cover 1997. 
Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.